Happy Birds Weekly Report is the Eagle News, notes, and analysis you need. Welcome to another edition of the AT Birds Weekly Report. This is the Opposition Outlook with the Steelers. Uh, myself, Johnny Uleka, joined by two uh, two uh, bullpen arms we got calling in here. I'm talking a little you know, World Series, throw that a little in there. Uh, Peanut is joining us from the Birds, Beers, NBS uh, as an alter ego. Uh, we'll come up with a name a little bit later on what we're going to call him. And then, of course, our AT Sports writer, Adam Mack, he's joining us as well down at the bottom right corner. And then we are joined by Nick Faribault from the beat writer for Pittsburgh Sports Now and Locked On Pit Podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on talk a little bit about this uh, battle of PA, uh, Eagles and Steelers. Yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me on. I'm excited. And I think that this is, a, this is always a fun matchup, whether it's in Pittsburgh, PA. It's one of the few... <clears throat> actual in-state things you can look at in football right like cincinnati cleveland san francisco la you don't have a a a lot of these where you have the in-state rivalries and especially since it happens so little i I really look forward to it and it's good especially you know looking at p i know you know we have the giants or you know you know new york new jersey whatever you want to call that but no it's good to have that the battle of pa type of thing there um i want to start you off with a question talking about Another, you know, basically PA Pitt player, uh, University of Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett. Uh, Steelers had turned to him after starting with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, what is the thought on how he's played so far this season in the uh, hand, the handful of games that he has played? I think Kenny Pickett's looked like a rookie. Um, just how you expect it, right? Rookies are volatile. Um, they turn the ball over. You go through the ups and downs with a rookie. He's had those flashes where you've really liked what you've seen from him. And then he's had other moments where you're like, what are you doing? But that's the life of a rookie quarterback. Even a 24 year old supposedly pro ready quarterback is going to struggle to the transition. There are some aliens out there that will skip that part talking like Justin Herbert, um, Joe Burrow, those types of guys, but that's not the norm. Um, But I think there's a lot of promise with Kenny Pickett, man. He's creative outside the pocket. He's pretty smart. He's relatively, relatively accurate with the football um, the all levels of the field. I still think that they need to learn more about what he is uh, truly as a processor in the pocket as well. But um, I think that he's a guy that is still feeling out the NFL right now. And so he's <clears throat> kind of an infant that you have to incubate and make sure nothing goes completely wrong and, and haywire. And so you got to make sure everything's kind of perfect around him. And so there's optimism around Kenny Pickett, but again, he's young and he, he's definitely flawed. And that's what happens usually with rookie quarterbacks. So <clears throat> a volatile player 
and you're kind of waiting for the next time he kind of flashes and, and bangs out, right? He did that his first game against New York um, and the Jets, and then he struggled uh, against Buffalo, certainly struggled last week against Miami, but I think he's just trying to learn kind of the ropes of the NFL, and so we'll, we'll see. I think it's going to be very fun to watch Kenny Pickett grow because, you know, last week could be a massive learning experience and he could come out this week and play a lot better and learn from those experiences. How do you think Kenny Pickett's going to do with this defensive front in his face pretty much the whole game? Like, do you have faith in his off the cuff, um, make it up as it goes kind of play, especially when you're going to have that much pressure in a rookie quarterback's face? Yeah, one thing I know about Kenny Pickett is he's a gamer, he's poised, and he's tough as nails. Um, that has been everything that I've seen from him. I've watched this kid since 2017 at Pitt. I've seen him play college. I've seen him now play in the pros. I've seen him in practice so many times over the years. He's a gamer, man. He stands in there. He takes shots. He'll make the tough throws. Um, he does – Get, he doesn't really get rattled by pressure, I don't think. Um, that's the one thing. Now, I don't think he's a great manager of the pocket, and I think sometimes he'll step up into pressure and create it for himself, which I think is is a little bit different. Um, so that can be something. And, and you know the small hands are concerned for fumbles. So I also think that's something. Haven't It hasn't come up yet. He hasn't fumbled yet while getting sacked. But that's a chief concern of, of the small hand size that you saw in kind of – heard throughout the process. Um, I think as a guy facing pressure, though, he's able to kind of mitigate it at times, too, because he's mobile and he's super talented off-platform out of the pocket, and he's creative. Um, <clears throat> that's something that we have also started to see a little bit from him. We haven't fully seen it come out yet, but that's something that Kenny Pickett can also kind of bring out. Um, but, yeah, the pressure, it, it's going to be – definitely in his face and he's going to have to deal with it and he'll probably run himself into a sack or two. He's done it many times already. I'm just going to learn to manage the pocket better. But if he sees his guy open, he's willing to stand in there. He's willing to make plays outside the pocket. So again, as, as I'm going to say a lot about Kenny Pickett, I think you're going to see lots of ups and downs in that area. He'll run into sacks. He'll probably make a few plays where you're like, okay, I don't know how he did that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, obviously that Pittsburgh offense, like Kenny Pickett, like you said, is gonna he's gonna struggle. He's a rookie. Like there's always those few guys that come out and they play like they're a ten year veteran. He's not gonna be one of them. But it seems just like overall the Pittsburgh offense this season just has been super, super flat. Najee Harris, I mean he has two receiving touchdowns, but only one rushing touchdown. Um 31st in the NFL in rushing, even the receivers just um only five uh receiving touchdowns on the year. A lot of that seems to be falling on Matt Canada. Um, what are your thoughts on you know him, if his job status, status if he's going to finish the year, um, or if he's still maybe the long-term solution in Pittsburgh? Yeah, man, I think that's the main problem with this Pittsburgh offense right now. It, it, the scheme, quite frankly, is awful. Um, they run about 10 plays. I mean, really, it is that simple. They run a shovel pass and jet sweeps, sprint outs, they heave and pray ball down the sideline. And here's the thing about the Steelers. They ignore about 65% of the field. They don't use inside the numbers like at all. It's kind of crazy. The whole route tree is curls, comebacks, deep seven routes, um, go balls. You don't really see crossers. You don't really see stuff like that. You see maybe throws to the flat. 
And the only middle of the field route you'll probably see is a short hitch and a slant. Um, it's just not a very complicated offense. And it doesn't give the quarterback multiple options to actually save him. So Kenny Pickett is not going to have the option on an RPO necessarily to hand the ball off to Najee Harris and throw a slant or run the ball himself. There's just not a lot of good options in the Matt Canada offense. He runs weird routes. He runs weird plays. Um, it's not a well-coached unit. The scheme itself is lackluster. Um, it's very, very much I, – I, there's a blurring of the lines as of recent between college and NFL offenses, obviously. This is a true college offense that doesn't really work in the pros. Um, he doesn't really play sequence anything, so nothing really builds off each other. I think that's <clears> another thing is that you see good offenses do is that they set other plays up with other plays, um, and that doesn't really happen in this offense. It, and, again, they just ignore the middle of the field. So you can sit in too high all game, cut off the sideline, and force Pickett to make those great throws, and he doesn't have that good of an arm. He's, he's not a Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert arm type, so he's not going to whip cover two hole shots the whole game. Might make one or two of them, but – that's not his game. He's a, he's a guy that wins by throwing over the middle of the field. So, yeah, you just don't see it a lot. Um, a lot of these route concepts are pretty lackluster. The run game isn't layered enough with the play action. When they run play action, they only target the flat, so it's very predictable, and you don't really have to respect it as a linebacker because you're not getting cheesed behind you, or at the very least, no one's throwing it behind you because that's not the progression in this offense. They don't really run RPOs a ton anymore which is weird because you would feel like that would be something you would run with a rookie quarterback to take the pressure off him. They don't. Matt Canada is not the answer and probably should be gone sooner rather than later. Um, he's really hurting this offense right now. They're not as bad as, as they should. They're not as bad as they are performing right now is what I would say. I think there's enough talent on this offense <clears throat> to do some decent things, but the offense coordinator is really holding them back. So, you know, I one of our viewers, Adam, has a question. You know, is Mike Tomlin on the hot seat? We talked about Matt Canada, but what about Tomlin? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, Mike Tomlin is a guy that came into this year with reasonable expectations, and I think Art Rooney did too. You know, yes, you want to win. If you're the Steelers, that is the expectation is to win games, but you also have to be realistic at some point and look at your roster, especially after T.J. Watt went down, right? After he gets hurt, you're not actually going to make serious runs at the playoffs or Super Bowl, whatever your goal is. Um, I think that you had to put it into perspective there. So if they have a losing record, it's kind of whatever at this point. And Mike Tomlin has the track record to back up just about everything he sells and says. Um, he's a guy that I largely feel is going to need multiple bad seasons to, to get out of uh, Pittsburgh. I, I think he's got a lot of job security. I don't think that seat is remotely even warm. Um, it might not even be lukewarm. I think he's sitting on a pretty ice cold seat right now. Um, Matt Kenna is super hot, um, but Mike Tomlin, man, I think that they see him as the leader to lead this group and in the next generation of Steelers football. And so I, I can't see them firing Mike Tomlin this year, really anytime soon. I just, it, it seems almost unfathomable to me right now unless something goes seriously wrong within the next two years to see Mike Tomlin go. With T.J. Watt being out, I'm glad you brought that up. T.J. Watt, 12 sacks for the season. Who, 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 who on the Steelers' defense is going to step up for the rest of the season to fill that void? 
And that's yeah. and, and to, to kind of piggyback off because I was looking at at um, the Pittsburgh sack rankings and you know only having twelve. You, you think of the Pittsburgh Steelers and you think of the pass rush as so dominant and so you know fierce. Right now, it just seems like it's a little bit of. And I know they have Alex Alex Highsmith, a young player who's really emerging. But really, what else do they have with with Watt not there? Yeah, they're getting next to no production from their outside linebackers. Um, outside of Alex Highsmith, he's really yeah. There's been a lot of toll taken on Alex Highsmith. He's played the most snaps of any edge rusher or defensive lineman in the NFL this year. So he's been on the field and he's been worn down um, a lot. He's been really good though. So that that is one guy that you have to look out for, but. Alex Highsmith is going to play a lot and he's going to get tired. Malik Reed hasn't really done anything. I um, mean, outside of him, they really have no one there. Um, the interior D line is where you kind of have to watch. Cam Hayward is still there. Um, and he's been getting double teamed at absolute. I mean, he gets double teamed all the time, obviously, because they don't have to worry about TJ Watt. So it is mainly Cam Hayward eating double teams, but he still has a great long arm bull rush. All of that. He's, he's an all pro player. And another guy you have to worry about, in my opinion, is Larry Okunjobi, who came over from the Bengals and has really, really played his best football this year the past two weeks. Um, just completely destroyed the Buccaneers' offensive line. I mean, Sha- he took Shaq Mason, who's a pretty good guard, in my opinion, um, from the Buccaneers to shop. And and that was a dominant football game. And then last week, what came in a little banged up, had another really solid game against um, the Dolphins uh, as well, especially in run defense. That's been another big thing for uh, Larry Ogunjobi. So the pass rush, it's not super fearsome, but you have guys on the D-line that have the potential to break out and, and game break. But the question is, are they going to be able to do that? And it's come in spurts. And mostly the destruction has been done, in my opinion, in the ground game where we've seen Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, kind of really step up their game but the pass rush hasn't completely followed yet um from those two they really miss 90 i mean there's no doubt about it they miss tj watt so much and it's because their outside linebackers just don't get any production and tara Lawson, the defensive coordinator just doesn't like to blitz um he likes to trust his secondary and so you're not really going to see a, a ton of blitzing um, you could see disguises where maybe they drop out an outside linebacker, bring the slot corner, bring an inside linebacker here or there, but they rarely rush more than four. So their strategy is to get home with four and, and cover you on the back end and let their guys kind of work. And so I wouldn't expect the blitzing to, to ratchet up either to kind of compensate for it. Now that you brought that up with uh, Jalen Hurts struggling against the blitz, I was just going to ask that. Do you think that the Pittsburgh defense is going to try to adapt to the game plan and kind of put pressure on Jalen Hurts to uh, to uh, run out the pocket, and make some bad decisions? It's always possible. We just haven't seen them throw that out yet. Um, we haven't seen them bring heat. Um even against Josh Allen, they tried to do it once, got burnt for the 98-yard touchdown, and they never went back to it. And that's kind of the thing that they preach is we're going to get home with four because we trust our secondary enough to hold up, and that's kind of what they've preached all year. Um, <clears throat> Jalen Hurts could be kind of that right quarterback to where maybe you buck the trend, right? And and I'll, I'll say this. In terms of key players to watch in that, in that mold is – it's nickel cornerback uh, Arthur Mallette. He is a guy that the Steelers love to use around the down the line of scrimmage. They'll blitz him. They'll throw him out. 
at dimebacker. He'll throw himself into the box. He'll play traditional slot. He'll play overhang safety. He's kind of moved around as this chess piece. So is Terrell Edmonds, their strong safety, and they use their safety nickel guys interchangeably in interesting ways where they can send those guys to be blitzers and disguise those blitzes. If there was any time for them to pull that out of the bag, it would be this week probably. So it's possible that they change that. It is in their arsenal. We've seen it before. It's still there. Um, but we'll see if they consistently do it. Um, but they just don't blitz a lot. And so I don't know if I would bet on it happening, but could it happen? Sure, because it is there. It is part of what they could do if they wanted to. Nice. Yeah, looking at the Steelers, you mentioned a little bit about their secondary of them trusting that a lot on defense, but they've kind of been beat up a little bit in just kind of those uh, recent weeks. And obviously they're about to face an Eagles wide receiver room that's arguably one of the deepest they've seen all season. How do you think they match up uh, this week with the Pittsburgh secondary? Yeah, the Steelers secondary is interesting. Um, Banged up secondary, though, man. I mean, this Steelers secondary just has not been healthy. Every single starter on this team um, has been hurt at one point or another in that secondary, and they have all missed one or more games. Um, So there is literally not a starter in this secondary. There's not a player. I shouldn't even just say starter. Every single player in the secondary has been injured at one point. I am not kidding. Um, Down to the backups of the backups. They have all been injured. Um, So it's been a banged-up group. Now, we'll see about Levi Wallace playing this week. He's dealing with a shoulder. Um, which I think is going to actually affect this game a lot. Akella Witherspoon, though, it looks like he's going to be back. This is going to be the first time in a month he's probably going to be back from a hamstring injury that he suffered all the way back in September. Um, So that will be interesting because now they can match a little bit of speed. He's their fastest cornerback. He's their longest corner. So maybe you see Witherspoon on a guy like Devontae Smith. That would be (laughs) my guess. Um, A.J. Brown. That's going to be a tough matchup for anybody. I don't care who you put on him, but probably Cam Sutton, who's more of a savvy guy. What they're going to rely upon is their safeties, though. The Steelers love to play sub-package football, um, and so they're going to bring in Minka Fitzpatrick, ro- move him around, move him to center field, bring him down to the robber role. Um, they are going to move Terrell Edmonds around because these two safeties are super versatile. Now, we've heard rumblings of this. We don't know if it's 100% going to happen, but it looks like – Third safety, DeMonte KZ, could be returning this week. He hasn't played since the preseason. He broke his wrist. He sounds like he's going to be back this week. We haven't seen the Steelers use their three safety sets this year, and they've tinkered with the idea of it in the preseason and how they were going to use three safeties in their sub packages. If that happens, I think we're going to see a, a, a hyper-versatile group of DBs um, that just get moved around a lot. They are already are really versatile, um, but this is a really good – solid Eagles receiving group that I think if you're going to blitz a lot, as you mentioned, you're going to have to match up with them in man-to-man a little bit. And that's honestly what the Steelers kind of did last week a little bit to slow down Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle a little bit to make them not be able to take over the game. They just bracketed um, their receivers really well. They made sure that their corners had help, and they made sure that they kept the lid on it. I imagine that's going to be a very similar strategy here. Um, I, but it's a really, really solid group with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins. You got Zach Pascal. You got all these really solid players to deal with. And then that's not even saying Dallas Goddard's name, who is a real mismatch. And that's going to be a question mark. But I think the secondary of the Steelers 
has tricks in their bag, but they're prone to giving up explosive plays and they're prone to giving up a lot of yards early in games. They're a slow starting unit. There's no doubt about that. You saw what happened against Miami where Miami just went up and down the field early in the game. Then they finally adjusted. I think the Eagles have the advantage in this one on the wide receiver side of things versus the Steelers corners. I think the Steelers corners are talented and I think they have a decent secondary but again, they're gonna have to play in man sometimes. I'm not sure I completely trust them to do that. Yeah, and this, you know, I'm gonna kind of, you know, bring it home here. I want to get uh, two things from you. So, uh, I know you talked a little about the the secondary, uh, the Steelers versus the Eagles receivers. Uh, but what do you think is the biggest matchup that you have your eye on for Sunday? And then, if you can, uh, what would be your prediction uh, for Sunday? Yeah, the biggest matchup. I think personally, man, it, it's got to be these Steelers receivers versus the secondary of the Eagles, which has been so good. And Darius Slay and James Bradbury have been playing out of their minds. C.J. Gardner-Johnson has been a welcome addition. Avante Maddox, another pit guy that this team's familiar with as well. Um, there's so many good players in that secondary that have played really well. But the Steelers kind of work in reverse with how their run game works. They use the pass to open up the run more than they use the run to open up the pass. They kind of build their pass game out to build the run game out. So I have to imagine if Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Chase Claypool, I'll throw Pat Frymuth in there too, have a little bit of early success, that's going to change how Kenny Pickett feels very early in the game. And it's going to give him a little confidence. And that's kind of what Kenny Pickett needs. He needs some confidence. He needs to feel kind of what he's doing. And he's gained that over games before, and we've seen him play really well. My one worry against a really good ball-hawking secondary is that Kenny Pickett right now is still thinking he can make the throws he made in college. And then when he tries to play big boy football and make those real tight window throws that maybe five people in the world can make in the NFL, it goes bad. You saw that happen against Miami twice down the stretch. So we'll see. But I think that this matchup actually is really important because if Deontay Johnson can get open a little bit and they can force kind of that attention away from George Pickens, maybe the Steelers can grab an explosive player or two, and that's going to be the big thing. The Steelers are going to have to force a turnover or two, and they're going to have to bring the Eagles down into the mud with them, essentially. They're going to have to take care of the football, and they're going to have to get an explosive player or two and force a turnover. And George Pickens is obviously your best receiver, in my opinion, to get you that explosive play on offense. And he's been really good. So we'll see. I wouldn't bet on it happening that the Steelers have success against what is a really good secondary. Um, but I think they're going to try to. And I think that that's kind of how they build their offense and how they're going to view it. And that's kind of how they're going to even the playing field is trying to get those explosive plays to Pickens. So if you have to give a prediction, I'm not sure if you want to do a prediction. Yeah, um, do it. I'll do it. Um, and <laughs> it's just hard to be high on the Steelers right now. Um, they're a feisty team, but they're not good. Um, not super talented right now. They have the potential to bring teams into the mud with them. We've seen it the last two weeks, but we also can't forget what happened in Buffalo. Um, to me, this screams a game where the Eagles maybe let the Steelers hang around a little bit, but I don't think it's ever truly in danger. Um, I think the Eagles are probably going to win this one. Oh, 31 to 
17, something like that. And it's a comfortable 31 to 17. Now, maybe the Steelers get a late touchdown, um, something in there. I don't really think that this one's going to be all that close. I think the Eagles will glide and, and kind of coast on this one. Hey, hopefully. Um, where can everyone find you? What are you up to? What are you doing? Just so people are aware of uh, what you're doing. Yeah, you could find me on Twitter at FB. That's my last name, FB. Um, read my stuff at SteelersNow.com. I write all the Steelers covers. We're going to be writing Eagles-specific coverage, too, in regards to those matchups. Um, make sure to check out the Locked on Pit podcast, too. I know some people from Philly are Pit fans and all of that. So if you are an Eagles and Pit fan, make sure to check that out as well. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, thanks again for joining us. Really appreciate your time, and hopefully you can enjoy the game on Sunday for a little bit before the Eagles take over, like you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine that will be happening, but be in the press box. We'll see We'll see what ends up happening. We'll see what ends up happening. I'm not expecting a very good display of football um, from the Steelers, to say the least. <laughs> but again, thanks again, Nick, for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Oh, I'm the big one. Look, I'm big. <laughs> <laughs> this mustache so, got about five seconds left it is peeling right now i'm surprised this lasted this long it's, yeah, it's, is... it's my, my nose sweat or something man <laughs> happy halloween everyone i'm sorry it's probably just a little bit of some hot air um coming out of your <laughs> <laughs> but uh we'll get into talking um you know a little bit of the eagles and steelers but before we do that I want to talk about the big news that happened today. Oh. Uh, Hallie Roseman, the wizard, seems like he's like a wizard, uh, warlock, whatever you want to call him. Um, he just calls up uh, teams and tells them, you know, give me, give me this. You're going to get this. And they accept it. But Eagles acquired Robert Quinn from the Chicago, Chicago, like Chicago, <laughs> Chicago, from the, the Chicago, Chicago bears. bears. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for a 2023 uh, fourth round pick. Okay. Hey, and, the good, the good part about it, I did see also, was that the Bears are gonna, they're gonna take on seven point one million dollars of his salary. So the Eagles are gonna be paying around seven hundred thousand, which is the vet minimum. So right there is a win. Now, of course, next year he has a big cap number, but it's none of it's guaranteed money. So they can always they can maneuver what they need to do, do whatever they want to do. But again, you have a player of, I know he only has one sack this year. He had eighteen and a half sacks last year. People get a little hell bent on just looking at. He has only one sack right? Um, because he's been double teamed because there's no longer uh Mac is not there anymore. Akeem Hicks is not there anymore. So he's the focal point on that defensive line. So of course teams are, you know, focusing on him. So that's not going to be happening in Philadelphia when you have a, you know, a daunting defensive line. But uh, what do you guys think of uh, Adam? What do you think of the, uh, uh, the trade that was made today? I mean, I think it's huge. Like, you know, I get he's struggling this year, but like you mentioned, like Khalil Mack's not there, Keen Nix isn't there, like, and Chicago's an awful team this year. So, like, the production's not going to be, you know, as strong when he's also on the field for 75% of the game because Justin Fields doing a three and out because they don't know how to play with him. But to get him for a, a late, a, a day three pick like that, especially with other guys that there's rumors that um, they're, Teams offering multiple first-round picks um, out there for players and a lot of big-name players on the market. But our defensive line is stacked. You know, Brandon Graham, Jordan Davis, uh, Fletcher Cox. Like, you can't double-team one person because you just let somebody else, you know, get a free pass to the quarterback. So I think you'll see that one sack get a lot larger and we'll quickly approach 18 by Week 17 or Week 18. 
I 100% agree with Adam Mac. Listen, it how how he does it again, man. Like for a guy that that for the, like, what did I say to you earlier today, Johnny? This this guy sold his soul to the devil. I I swear he did. <laughs> uh, up until this point, you know, up until this off season, it's been this roller coaster ride of. Is he going to get the name? Is he not? And it's usually him not and him trying to outsmart the situation. But uh, this is a win-win for the Eagles defense. And it's a win-win for for a team that potentially could, could make a deep run in the playoffs. I mean, you're right. You can't double team just one person. There's going to be so many different uh, uh, linemen that can get to the quarterback. So uh, this is a win-win. I mean, I don't I, – I, Name one person that's a Philadelphia Eagles fan that thinks this is a bad move, and I'll give you a hundred bucks. I mean, there isn't many right now. No, no, and I don't have a hundred bucks, so don't don't. Really <laughs> no, but you know, I I liken this move to like when they got they had Michael Bennett and when they had Chris Long. You know, you yeah. get that type of rotational mm-hmm. pass rusher that still has juice left in the tank. You're able to not have him playing 70, 65 to seventy percent of the snaps. He's going to be playing 40% of the snaps, but he's going to be fresh. He's going to be rejuvenated. It's going to help him to be on a line with all these talented players and a defense with all these talented players. So absolutely for me, it's just, it's a great pickup and, and Hey, Howie Roseman is laying in the weeds. He's checking on everything. He could possibly have another thing up his sleeve. There's rumors that he's been in contact with the saints uh, about Alvin Kamara and that they were in the mix for uh, Christian McCaffrey. Now, if he does that, um, I think, we need he to have like, soul. yeah, we need to have like a ritual or something because <laughs> he sold his soul. Um, that would be absolute. It would be crazy. But I'm not we'll sure what, what else we do. could give the Saints or what the Saints could throw in like another first round pick with it as well, and we'll give them like a seventh. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what, what what's going on there, but they're just um, trying to give us a, a higher pick. It's like here, no, no, this isn't good enough. Let's give you this on top. Yeah, of that's. That. I mean, look about that. We'll take their best player on offense right now, and then you know inch closer to getting Will Anderson with that pick. So just it's going to be a win-win for everybody. Oh, yeah. It's, it's nice to get the amount of assets that they have and, and the you know the picks that they have in there. It is different because a lot of people want to compare to kind of what the Los Angeles Rams did uh, the previous year and then uh, prior, you know, adding these big-name talents, doing these trades. But the thing about what Los Angeles was doing, they were giving away premium picks. Yeah. And they were, you know, basically making the cupboard bare and the Eagles aren't doing that. Eagles have multitude of picks. They yes, they have free agents to be signed and stuff like that. But they're they're adding talent and not giving up premium assets for it. And that's huge because they're able to replenish the players on the roster because you know players that are getting older, they're able to replenish them with younger players. And that's not what happened in Los Angeles. And you're looking at it now on kind of the after of, of what's going on there, but. No, it's a great trade, great move. Um, you know, the Eagles are making making a splash. They're making it known. They're six and zero right now, and you know I absolutely love it. And the trade day trade deadline is the first of November, so uh, it is coming up quickly. So after Sunday's games, basically, you know, you have the deadline uh, that Tuesday, so you could see some potentially some more trades. There's been a couple trades. Uh, I do know the. Uh, the Jets, after losing Brees Hall to a torn ACL, they picked up James Robinson from the Jaguars, and Jonathan Hankins from the Raiders went over to Dallas. So Dallas got some bolster to their defensive line, interior defensive line, and the Eagles, you know, hit him again with, you know, one upped it with Robert Quinn. So great addition by the Eagles. Uh, I'm not going to say 
anything else other than that because that's exactly what it is. But you know, kind of turning the tides a little bit, you know, discussing the last section of this show. You know, let's talk about the Eagles matchup come Sunday uh, against it. the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, <laughs> what do you guys think? Like, for, like for me, looking at this game and looking at you know the Pittsburgh Steelers, I it's a team I think you can't sleep on. I know they've struggled. I know Matt Canada has struggled uh, in terms of what their offense has been doing, but I just don't think you can sleep on this team just because they still have some playmakers, whether it's on the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball. Um, yeah. and I think the Eagles have to be very wary of that and you had a bye week so they're rested up. Hopefully they can get Lane Johnson back. He's still in protocol, I guess. Uh, so hopefully by Friday he's cleared and he's able to, uh, play. Cause that's going to be a big, um, big time loss. If you don't have him have to put Driscoll out there on, on the edge there, but and uh, Brandon Graham was listed on the practice report. Uh, he did not practice today with a hamstring. So that's another thing to watch because I don't believe Robert Quinn uh, will be available Sunday. Uh, nah. So um, just uh, a couple things there. But what are you guys looking at in terms of this game? Adam? I think the Eagles need to play football in the third quarter. That, <laughs> that I mean, it's the biggest thing. It, it seems like it's consistent every single week. I don't think they've actually scored a touchdown in the third quarter, um, which is quite frightening. Um, we're doing great in the second quarter. We're playing like you know, you know, some of those great, all amazing teams in the second quarter. But I'm getting a little scared in the third quarter. Um, you know, I'm not sure what they're saying to them in the locker room, but you know, it's going to take you know, a slow second quarter and then they're going to go into the third and struggle and then have to, you know, play from behind in the fourth quarter, something they haven't done yet this year. So I think that's the biggest key for this weekend is they need to play and have a strong third quarter because like you said, Pittsburgh has a lot of playmakers, you know, both in the receiving court and the running game. So, you know, there's a good chance this is a game's a lot closer. And if we decide to, you know, take a quick power nap during the third quarter, like we always do, we could be playing from behind again. Um, like kind of like we were doing with Arizona for a little bit. Yeah, I actually agree with you. That, that was going to be mine. So I'll, I'll go to my second, uh, <laughs> my bad. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, I, Harris, the run game scares me. I, I look, if we don't get to a big lead within the first second or first and second quarter and it's close and, and they start draining clock, I think that's where I get worried, especially like to piggyback off of what you said in the second half, it, it worries me a little bit. Um, am I, am I overtly worried about it? Not necessarily, but I don't see this team going undefeated and someone's got to beat us eventually. And I'm just hoping that this bye week, didn't throw everyone off track. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them in the second, second half of this game, but I'm also looking for that defensive line to stop that run. And what, what, uh, Nick, what's his name? If I, if I'm not mistaken, Nick, Nick, Nick what Nick said, it, their pass, their pass, uh, uh, basically sets up their run in this situation. I'm not worried about the pass per se, but I am worried about the, the, the run. So, if we can stop that run game, if we can if we can get to the quarterback, if this defensive line does its job the way it's supposed to, I think we'll be okay. But also the concerns of not scoring in the second half or the third quarter kind of kind of worry me as well. Yeah, and I think I think a big thing you have to look at too is you look at the Eagles defensive line. I want to see more of Jordan Davis and Milton Williams. I want to see a little less of Fletcher Cox. Yeah. I think Fletcher Cox shouldn't be playing a whole ton of reps, 70, 75% of the reps, you know. He is he is over 30 years old. You know, keep him fresh. You don't want to yeah. 
be overdoing it because if you look in the second half of that Dallas game, he was getting pushed around. There was one on the Ezekiel Elliott touchdown. Yeah. He got pushed all the way. Basically. Yeah. He basically got pushed pushed back onto the bench and it wasn't by Zach Martin. They're all pro guard. It was by the right tackle, Terrence Steele. So definitely something that, you know, I want to see more of Jordan Davis. I want to see more, a little more of Milton Williams, but I think that I don't know about the run game in per se scaring me. I think what's scaring me is the missed tackling. And I think that's going to be, you know, when you have a player of Najee Harris's size, you're go, you, you're not going to bring him down with arm tackles. You're going to have to grab him at his feet. You're going to have to be able to form tackle and get him down. Because if you think that you're just going to try and tackle him up high and arm tackle him, he's going to be falling forward for three, four, five yards. So yeah. uh, definitely something that, um, that's one thing that I'd be a little concerned about, but the one thing, you know, to pose to you guys is wait until we see the Eagles play a full game. What, what is that even going to look like? Because if they, if they come out exactly, it's very scary. And they come mm-hmm. out and they play a full game, you know, the league hey. better beware because yeah. that's, that's a scary team when you can do it, that. That's a good point, man. They haven't seen the best of them yet. So, when that does happen, man, it's going to be a good day, though. Could you can you imagine that? This is going to be a complete blowout. You know what I mean? When they play a full game, four quarter game, especially with the way this defense is taking balls away, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good time to be an Eagle fan if, if everything comes together. I agree with you on that one. So does this mustache, by the way. It's nodding. There we go. There we go. We're back on. Yeah, I think we we haven't really seen them at like, I think besides the second quarter. Um, like actually play a full game of football. Like we, I don't think we've seen the best out of this team yet. Um, I still think there's a lot of stuff that we're still trying to figure out. Even the coaches, um, Gannon, Steichen, they're still, they're still young coaches. Um, and from time to time, they show their youth as coaches and as coordinators, even Sirianni from time to time will have moments um, where it's like, that's a, a not obviously he's not a rookie coach, but that's a rookie coach decision. Um, but you know, we haven't been really tested. There was obviously the Arizona game, a little bit with the Jacksonville game where we were playing behind, but everything you know eventually came you know, clicked together. We really still haven't been tested, so that's when it's gonna be for guys like the veteran guys on the team and even the coaches to kind of get a little lesson in like hey, this is the time to play from behind and this is what we need to do and show the NFL that this team has a lot of depth on it and Hopefully we it pans out. Yeah, and I think I think a big thing for the Steelers is, um, you know, you're looking at their defensive side of the ball and be able to control Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick, and you know T.J. Watt's not there, so that's you know that's that's a plus uh, there, um, especially if you don't have a guy like Lane Johnson playing. But uh, it's 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 going to be a game where you can't overlook because. Yeah. Yeah, the Steelers are two and five and they're not playing very well this year, but they're not a team that you can just say, Yeah, they're not that bad. They're not that good. So you could just walk. You can't walk in and no and it this season has showed you you can't just walk in and expect to win because at any given Sunday, anything can happen. And you we've seen it the last couple of weeks. So you know, you can't overlook any team. You get out there and you play. And I and I really don't think this team is gonna do that. I just don't think that's how they're programmed. Their program where they, if they win, they have a good game. They still say there's more. So 
I think that's a that's one good quality of this team and basically their identity is they can always be better they can get better but before we get into the predictions and the locks uh for this week i do want to throw out with the trade deadline coming uh on the first of november as uh peanuts mustache partially falls off (laughs) (laughs) start peel off what would you guys say if you want to throw a player that you'd like to see and or position that you think the Eagles possibly could still add an upgrade on this roster? I'll, can start I, you, I'll start with you, Peanut. Can I mention one that I thought they missed? Go ahead. Um, what, what's one, one, one of our Achilles heels? It's our special teams. And when I seen Deshaun Jackson was out there, and I'm thinking to myself, why wouldn't you sign him? for Even if it's just for special teams, punt, punt, kick, return, maybe a couple plays on the offense here and there. I thought, like, in my mind, our special team, it's horrible. Like, I'm watching it, and it's almost like if I'm getting the ball in a punt return, and I'm like, I'm not seeing explosiveness come through. Hold on. Oh, I messed that up. They, I'm not I'm not seeing. They don't need to, though, because they got Greg, Greg Ward back on the practice squad. So. Ah, good, yeah. good, good <laughs> He's back, baby. He's back. He's back on the practice. You know what? And Greg Ward is one of those. I think he's more or less a leader in the locker room. To just have him there with the young guys in the practice squad is a good thing. But I just feel like they missed on that one. Like, they didn't really address anything on special teams. So that's, that was my – when I seen Deshaun Jackson go, I'm like, why wouldn't you? Like, why wouldn't you at least kick the tires? Why wouldn't you try Because what we have right now on special teams is dreadful. Yeah, it's – I think a lot of it has to do with they tried him back in 2020 to – Pun return, yeah. he ran up when it break his leg or something. He yeah, he got, he got injured. Yeah, he got hurt. Um, he and he, got... he's 35 years old, so maybe not be you know his option. Plus, going to play for Baltimore, he's gonna have a lot more reps, uh, well, receiver wise, yeah. than he's gonna have here. So, for about a game or two till he blows a hammy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, probably he's at that age, but you know, all, all, all the luck to him. Hopefully, he does great. Um, nothing but the best for Deshaun, um, Eagles legend. So Absolutely. But Adam, who do you think who would be a player and or position you would uh, target? I think my my hope is they're going to focus on the running back position a little bit more. Um, you know, looking, I think that's on offense. It's kind of the one weak spot we have right now. Obviously, the health of the offensive line is is big, and we them being healthy is going to dictate our offense runs. Um, but I think that seeing as they were in the hunt for McCaffrey, they've been calling the Saints about uh, Alvin Kamara. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, are on the phone with a few more teams. Uh, the Browns calling Kareem Hunt. Um, another name that's a free agent at the end of the year and his team sucks, the Raiders of Josh Jacobs, who's playing absolutely phenomenal. Um, getting a guy, even if it's, we give up the Eagles' first-round pick, not the Saints, uh, give it the Eagles first round pick, which will be a late first. Bringing a guy like Josh Jacobson, who's having a really, really good year, pairing with Miles Sanders, it opens up a lot more doors for the Eagles offense, um, especially down the road and deep into the playoffs. Yeah, you know, you're looking at the running back position and you hear Kareem Hunt. Uh, I think he is a player that definitely will be moved just because the way Nick Chubb has taken over that team and he's just unbelievable this year and what he's doing on the field. And, you know, they have, they have backups there that could take the, take the carries that uh, Kareem Hunt's getting. And if they can try to get a mid mid round pick day two, three pick uh, they're going to take that. But you know, Josh Jacobs is, is interesting. Um, I don't think it's going to cost you a first. 
because I don't think they resign him. Uh, so, you know, to me, it's that you're looking at the running position. If they're running back position, if they're able to, uh, you know, add to that, okay. One player in one position. Now, another player, I wish he was healthy because I would definitely call him up, would be Atlanta. I'd call for Cordero Patterson because he can be that returner and he can be that kind of jack of all trades. Um, I can't take you seriously with that damn mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, this has been nothing but work the whole show too. Just trying to keep it on from peeling <laughs> off. Um, but the other player that I thought about is, and I saw a lot of people mention him, and it's Desmond King from the Houston Texans. Now I know Houston; uh, they released uh, Camus Grugier Hill. Uh, he asked for his release, so to me, they're at that point where they're looking to you know unload some of these players. And Desmond King would be a player because he has punt return ability. And he can play corner and or say nickel corner can play some safety. So he gives you that third safety, that backup um, secondary player, and also can do a little punt return action. He's not going to cost you a ton. So that'd be a player that I wouldn't mind adding uh, to the roster to be able to kind of, you know, strengthen a position because I feel third safety is the need. Because if you have a player like Marcus Epps or Garner Johnson get hurt and you have to throw in Kayvon Wallace back there, no. Listen, I like Kayvon Wallace, um, but I just feel his his limitations are so evident on the field. It's it's tough. Um, you know, a special team player, yeah, he's he's a good special teams player, but otherwise, uh, he just isn't the player that you thought he was going to be coming out of Clemson. And again, Agreed. that's where you looked at the school and you looked at a player on a school thinking he was going to be coming something. or something. Yeah, I didn't say that, but um, but for me, it's just he's still an NFL player, but more possibly a special teams type of player for you. But yeah. you know, you want you don't want to be throwing him in there as a starting safety uh, because that teams are going to target him and they're going to go after him uh, with that. But especially, he's not a deep safety type of player, and he he's like basically he's more down on the ball uh, against the run stuff like that. But yeah. You know, I just wanted to bring up a little bit of some trade deadline before we get into the uh, Uleka locks and get into. Oh, this is my first Uleka locks. I'm in. Yeah. Let's do it. And it's fun because I got a little background music too that'll play too. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, but as we always do, it's time for. It's time for the Uleka locks of the week. Who's your lock? All right, so you like a lock says you, you don't have to pick the Eagles game. You could pick any game, uh, something you think is definitely going to happen. I will read Mike's you like a lock because he did send it to me, uh, even though he's not on tonight. Um, let me pull that up uh, because I don't know if we're really going to like what he has to say. <laughs> uh, well, not that the prediction aspect. We won't. Well, he's like. a big well, Kenny Pickett okay. guy too. Oh, we'll get. Yeah, small hands pick it. He likes small hands because he's got small hands. So we have his lock of the week, and I will play the music. So his lock of the week is he has the Chicago Bears beating the Dallas Cowboys. Justin Fields will be in the end zone at least once. So that's a, that's a pretty big lock uh, because last week we both got ours wrong. Uh, he had the Jags beating the Giants. Uh, the Jags were a yard short of trying to get that. And I had Arizona winning 
and DeAndre Hopkins getting a touchdown. So I was wrong. I was half right, but I was wrong. So we both missed out. <laughs> we both missed out um, on that. So I will start with you, Peanut. This is your first you like a lock. Yes. Lock it up. First. Model you like a lock of the week. Hertz will throw two touchdowns in the second half to blow out. I mean, wait, I'm not making predictions. Two touchdowns, second <laughs> half. Jalen, Jalen Hurts. I'm taking this thing uh, off. Oh. oh. Oh, I look even better. I look like, yeah, I should have just did this. <laughs> well, yeah, you know two... for next time. Right. Adam, <laughs> what, what is your you like a lock? I think Adam muted himself. All right. So I will be right. I can hear him now. Go ahead. We can hear me now? I can hear you now. Perfect. Um, I'm going to say for the first time since 2015, the Jets are going to beat the Patriots. That's a good one. That is a really good one. I I like that. Um, Yeah, the Jets are five and two. They are. It's. Thing, you know, I, don't know who's gonna really, I know they said Mac Jones is starting the game, but I don't know if it's going to be him or Zappy that ends the game. It should be Zappy, but... Yeah, we don't know what, what uh, mediocre Bill Belichick's going to be when he doesn't have Tom Brady. I'm going to call him mediocre Bill until, until we see otherwise. <laughs> Just Bills. Do, do a little research. What's his record without Tom Brady? Um, you could bring that up on your pregame show. You could talk about that if you want. Uh, yep. uh, <laughs> Mario Lekalock of the week. And I'm going to stay with this game. Uh, I was going to go off, uh, do another game, but I decided to uh, keep it with the Philadelphia Eagles, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that Kenny Pickett will turn the ball over two times and will be sacked at least four times. So four sacks and two turnovers. I'm really rooting for both of you guys to be correct. Now, that means that this can be an Eagles game. Exactly. Now, <laughs> I'm, really- I, I'm going to say Pittsburgh quarterbacks, two turnovers. And because if, if Kenny Pickett gets hurt, then I, that I'm wrong. So Eagles are going to have two turnovers and four sacks. Keep it that way. So in case it's multiple quarterbacks that play, um, I'm still right. So two turnovers and four sacks. And that is the Uleka Locks. Now we're going to get into the predictions. Yes. And the predictions, I have, of course, some music as well. Um, <laughs> again, do. don't get too excited. Now, I know it seems like every time I put music on, Peanut takes something off. So keep, please keep your clothes on. Please keep the your hair on. Stay on. The, the, the pants, my, I've been sitting here uh, in boxers the whole time. You can't see okay. anything underneath you there. can't see anything, so. And even if you did show us, we wouldn't be able to see anything. So, no, no. Um, <laughs> not at all. So, with that, that's not classy, bro. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, now we get to the prediction aspect of the Eagles and Steelers. And Mike Bauer has the Steelers stunning the Eagles 28 to 24. Oof. Um, Next week when he is wrong, I will call him out and make sure that um, 
he doesn't make asinine predictions like that ever again. Uh, so that'll be nervous. That'll be next week type of show. Uh, that's just because his love for Kenny Pickett. Um, I think that's basically what that comes down to. But and his uh, absurd hatred for Hertz. <laughs> yeah, his uh, lack of knowledge on Hertz. Uh, so I'm going to start off with you, Adam. Uh, what is your prediction for this Eagles Steelers matchup? I think I think the Eagles have a little bit of a slump coming out from the bye week. I still think they win. It's going to be a lot closer than it should be. Obviously, Pittsburgh's been struggling a lot. They obviously have a lot of talent. Um, I think it's going to be a high offensive game. I'm going to go 42-35 Eagles. But I think the big thing that people aren't talking about, the Eagles are going to win this game on the, on the ground. Pittsburgh's one of the worst run defenses in the NFL this season. Um, we're always talking about Hurts and all of his playmakers. You know, Miles Sanders is having a very quiet year. It's a contract year, so obviously he's playing well. Um, I think it's going to be a big game for the run between him, Hurts, Boston Sky, Kenny G. I say the Eagles win it on the run. Okay. All right. Uh, Peanut, what do you got? Uh, I won't go to you because you're not, you're going to do your key keys well, to the game. I'll give my prediction, then we'll end with you with the key. Your key to this game. Got it. So I think, you know, what the Eagles do best is time of possession. They control the ball. And they control the ball because of their offense and the way they can run the ball and the way they can just, they can, you know, they can take long drives. And that's what they do a lot of. So I don't have it as high of a scoring game, but I have the Eagles 27. And I have the Pittsburgh Steelers, sixteen. Same okay. score. Is it is that same score as last week? Or last? As week? long as it ain't thirty-one seventeen, because you know I think we heard that 19. all year. I'm gonna do twenty-seven nineteen. I'll be a little bit different. The twenty-seven nineteen Eagles, and then brings you brings it to you, Peanut. What's your key to the game? Since you're doing a pregame show, you'll give your prediction. Oh yeah. Uh, by the way, we will talk about after you. You can break it down. Give us a little info on where we can find you and Jeff. Uh, keys to the game is going to solely rely on getting the ball to the playmakers we need to pass the ball one thing that we haven't really seen i mean we've been moving the ball we've been running the ball we need some big playability and we have players that could make those big plays so the keys to the game is jalen hurts getting the ball to aj brown smitty and i'm not talking 10 15 yards i'm talking let's open up the field so my key to the game is is jalen hurts finally silencing the critics and, and delivering what he needs to do. That's the key to the game. Big plays, baby. No, that's great. And again, where can we find you and Jeff and your you know, show, Birds, Beers, and BS pregame show this weekend? We are going to be at the Trolley Barn in Quakertown, Pennsylvania. Please come by. It's a fun time. You can bring your kids by. Um, there's stuff for them to eat. There's ice cream parlors. Uh, Dome Distillery for the adults, and if you if you enjoy locally made drinks that are beyond great, go to Dome Distillery. Trust me, that's all I drink now. Um, but we'll be at the Trolley Bar, man. We're gonna be having fun, giving away some uh, some fun things, and having a good time. So please come out, come and come support. Even if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, we 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 do not hate on you guys. Please come on out, wear your jerseys, wear a costume. If you, I, I will be in costume. I'm trying to talk Jeff into doing it, but I, I don't see that. I don't see that happening. So, we're gonna, we're gonna be at the Charlie Barn in Quakertown. Come by, have a good time. Pre-game show with Birds, Beers, and BS. 
and that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's and it. and the next show, I, I will make sure I make it out to the next pregame live. Um, so uh, definitely, uh, we'll do that. Not this weekend. Uh, it is my daughter's birthday, so we will be celebrating that. So it's my uh, wife's birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, Laura. Love you. There you go. <laughs> um, happy birthday, Laura. So well, enjoy it on Friday. Friday. On Friday. Well, hopefully uh, you got her something nice. I did. Um, and give a little more sponsors. We are talking a little bit about Don Distillery and one of our sponsors and um, your pregame show at the, at the Trolley Barn. But also we have Stuff to the Grills in Allentown. Um, you can order them at that number, 484-274-6760, or visit them at stufftothegrills.com for the full menu and specials. Uh, great catering menu, so definitely check them out. Tell them we sent you. Um, don't hesitate. Uh, also Vinny's pizza and restaurant, uh, it's located, uh, Iroquois trail in Allentown, same as stuff to the grills. So of course you can order, uh, there 610-395-2300 or Vinny's pizza Again, tell them we sent you get your game day specials there. Uh, maybe go out and get, uh, some food there. And if you're not able to make it out to Don distillery and Charlie barn, um, to see the guys, uh, you know, maybe order some from stuff to the grills or Vinny's pizza and, you know, watch them from home, but, uh, definitely, definitely going to be fun this weekend. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm excited. Eagles football is back after the bye week Uh, we get to watch a little Eagles football. The NFC East is tight. Uh, there's still some, some teams that are still up there right behind the Eagles. So you, you can't uh, take any game lightly. You have the six and one giants and you have the five and two Dallas Cowboys. You know, the third so place. Dallas Cowboys. The third place Dallas Cowboys. Who are still talking about the Eagles, even though we played them how many weeks ago? So um, you can see where, you know, their heads are at. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't forget about Washington. All right. The three (laughs) and four commanders, now that Carson Wentz is no longer their quarterback, they have maybe a slight chance to sneak into a wild card spot. Sure. Uh, You can talk about them. But, you know, I'm myself, Johnny U, at Johnny U9322, Adam Mack at Adam Mac NFL. And of course, peanut, uh, you can check him out on the birds, beers and BS show. You can check out all our shows. Uh, burning bridges. will be back, uh, November 8th, uh, a couple week layoff, uh, until daylight saving time hits. And then we get a little bit, uh, it be nine 30 Eastern standard time, not the 10 30. So it kind of helps out people, um, who want to watch an hour earlier helps out there. Um, but you have the, uh, the union show across the pitch, the union are, in the playoffs, they're headed towards uh, the final and stuff. So uh, some big-time playoff, big playoffs in Philadelphia with the Union, with the Phillies at the World Series. That start on Friday. Uh, Eagles are 6-0. and uh, Flyers are playing really well, surprisingly, uh, so far this season. Uh, Sixers suck, so we're not going to talk about them. Uh, but, well, you I'm know, surprised you even brought them up. I wouldn't even mention them. But with that, you know, the, the, Philly, the Philly sports scene is, is pretty – pretty awesome right now um but you know we're gonna we're gonna always look at the eagles with this show all birds all the time and we always end it with a very happy go birds. birds oh did i go too soon that seems like an issue that seems like a thing with you always go ah. but we're gonna end it with a little commercial uh but very happy and joyful go birds go birds go birds this is Matt Ware. Hey, for all the Eagle content you need, go follow All About the Birds. They do a damn thing. 
Check them out. Hey, Eagles fans. I may be in Tampa, but I know where to find the best Eagles content out there. Check out my friends at All About the Birds. Philadelphia, what's up? This is your boy, Freddie Mitchell, a.k.a. Fred X. It's all about the bird. All birds, all the time. All birds, all the time. All About the Birds provides 